Welcome to the Four Parents Podcast. I'm your host, Ivy Lassiter, and I'm so glad you're here. Pop in your earbuds and multitask while we talk about all the parenting stuff, lessons learned, funny stories, and practical wisdom from normal people who've been there. Let's get started. On today's episode, I'm talking with Blake and Amanda, a dad and his daughter. Blake founded a PR firm a while ago, and a few years ago, Amanda became the CEO. So while family business is something that isn't unique, I mean, I mean, we see it a lot. I think the way Blake and Amanda have traversed through the oftentimes murky waters of family business is very unique and honestly amazing. So I was really excited to sit down and get some insight on how they've done it. So here it is. Okay, Amanda, tell me about the first memory you have of your dad's work. Okay, so my first memory, I was probably seven years old, first or second grade. My mom traveled when we were growing up. So Monday to Thursday of every week, she was on the road. And so my dad was kind of effectively the single parent Uh for the middle of the week. So one day he said, okay, kids, I have a younger brother. um, I need you to pack up. We're going to go on an adventure. I thought, wow, okay, great. Um, so we pack up our, you know, stuff and, um, our sleeping bags and our levies and whatever. Yeah. And we went and had a sleepover at his office. Oh my God. <laughs> so, you know, this was back in the nineties. And so they were working, I didn't even know what they were doing, but all I knew was we were going to go have this sleepover on a school night, which was amazing. Yes. Uh, which totally against the rules. Right. right. Um, and they I, we're working on what now I understand was a pitch or something, mm-hmm. kind of crisis response. I don't know. Um, but they had to physically be there, right? There's not email. You can't work from home like you can now. They right. had to physically be at the office. And so we spent the night there. I don't know if – I don't think mom knew about it until nope. after the nope. fact. did not know. <laughs> Which is probably better. Probably partially by design and partially by being overlooked. Yeah. Right, right. Um, the next morning, you know, we got up, I guess we got dressed for school at the office and then stopped at McDonald's for breakfast, which was like awesome. The greatest thing for y'all. For yeah. sure. We thought that was so cool. And we went to school and it was, you know, that was that. And I'm sure my mom, I mean, now as a mom, I think I would be mortified knowing that my kids spent the night at an office, but it was awesome. And so that's, yeah, that's my first probably memory of what my dad did, even though I didn't really know what we were doing. I just knew it was fun. Okay. Blake, you remember this, obviously. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think the most, the, the, the biggest point for me was I think we had just left the McDonald's uh, from down, you know, we were going from downtown back up to Richardson and my phone rang and it was, Kathy. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh. where are you and where are the kids, basically? <laughs> and so I said, well, we just got done going to McDonald's for breakfast, figuring maybe she's like really busy and she's not no. going to be able to like pursue the line. Yes. Uh, why'd you do that? Uh-uh. And so pretty much you're busted. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, I laid it all out. And I think she she's just like me. I mean, 50% was feigning irritation and 50% was going, ah, that was pretty clever. You yeah. Know? So, you know, you do what you have to do. That's exactly right. And, and we experienced that a lot during the, what was it, seven or eight years that she did that job. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. was. You just have to be. There were, there were phone calls of, I'm on my way to the emergency room right now because, you know, our son at 5.30 in the morning ran into a wall in the dark and uh-huh. cracked his head open. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, it's and life. You live town. life, yeah. but you live life stretched apart sometimes. Yeah. And we became really good at that. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay. So when did you see a skill in Amanda? Like, I think she might be good at what I do. You know, we didn't compare any notes, so it's going to be really interesting to see. (laughs) Um, Probably after the 12th or 14th time that she either quit or I fired her. Yeah. You know, she started really working with me. Um, when I started the business back in 2000, the first couple of years, you know, I office at home. So this uh-huh. is like flashback to all the things that we're doing today. I was doing oh, yeah. 20 You're years like, ago. We did this, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and so um, she was doing paperwork and just kind of like my hours and I things like that. I was in high school too. Right. Yes, you, just yeah, that's a that great contextual cue. Not a full time job that <laughs> yeah. I got fired from. Oh no, I couldn't have afforded you at that point <laughs> yeah. in a full time. That's a whole other story. Yeah. But but as a you know, kids have after school 
jobs, yeah. you know, doing things. And so for her, it was, you know, getting my hours put together because in my world and in Amanda's world now, hours are kind of how you bill. Yeah. Just like any other professional service. So, yeah. uh, you know, we would have stomping fits and I was probably just as bad as she was. So... Amanda's in high school. Yes. And you are like, I need somebody to help me. Exactly. And I'm gonna see if I can get you my know, daughter pay can her. I, can I pay her six bucks an hour or two <laughs> no, bucks an hour much. or whatever? Yeah. Whatever it was. And you know, exactly. That's how it started. But but I think that was the precursor when I really understood it. I mean, obviously there was there really was an intentional part of me of saying, let me expose you to something. You may never go down this trail, but you'll have had kind of a, a professional sort of working environment in between when we were firing each other. Um, and <laughs> so, and the, so I, I guess there were arguments in the in some of this. Well, you know, uh, worst when, work. It was like the yeah. worst work. I, mean, we, I got the terrible stuff that none of us ever want to do. Still, yes, right. to this day, yes. exactly. Yes, Except true. now we have computer programs and apps and all that do the things right. that right. Amanda yes, did. did back in the yeah. day. But I think that um, I think really. When I first saw it was probably um, senior year or so. You know, she had been involved in yearbooks. She had done some other things. Um, you know, the most interesting thing that really said, wow, this could go somewhere was I was doing a presentation um, to the Central Texas chapter of the Public Relations Society of America. It's a uh, big national organization, yeah. just like every profession has. We were um, going down to Waco uh, to present. Uh, to a group of people down there. And I said, well, you know, it's the end of the year for you. You know, you've got like a week or two left of school. You haven't used all your senior visits. You've yeah. already, she'd already committed to go to school at Baylor. Yeah. Uh, and so I said, why don't you come hang out? You know, just come down and sit in the back of the room. And she came, she came down and in the end, she started connecting with some people in the room. Yes. And in the end, um, you know, one of the classic things about most universities when they bring uh, work study students in to work in professional capacities, mm -hmm. usually you have to be there for a year or two before you can even make that happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it wasn't too long after that experience. And I said, well, what are you going to do about it? And she was either sending notes or emails or chiseling in stone, however we did it back <laughs> in the day. And um, and all of a sudden, you know, the day that she went and started her freshman year, she was working in their their media relations unit as a oh. as a student worker. And so, so you made relationships there that oh, yeah. you kept up that and so awesome. that yeah. I mean you yeah. you know if I didn't get if I didn't get the hint that she was gonna follow in my footsteps from that experience, yeah. then it's like I was clueless. Yeah. And, and no, you, it was really you obvious. made those connections because your dad said, come along with yeah. me. Yeah. I really just didn't want to go to school. So. Well, yeah. yeah You're right? like, yes, I will do yes. anything to I get out of this. I will just sit in for an hour. And yeah. a couple years later, because we're not divulging ages here, but you know, a couple years later, I will tell you that um, honestly, I knew that all along and I saw the, the advantage though of being there was good, but it's like, you know, when you're already accepted into college and you pretty much know what your grades are, you know, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? So, so you started at Baylor and like the first day you started a little, like, yeah. what, what was it yeah. that you did? So I had an internship in the media communications department. Uh, my first day of freshman year was my first day of work and I was there all four years. Wow. Yeah. All the way through Baylor. It was really weird and unusual, yeah. but really great. I mean, yeah. I, huge. It was a stepping stone for me. I mean, that's really how I got my internship uh -huh. before, you know, I graduated and that's how I got my first job. It's it's weird how that one meeting really did kind of set me up to make connections and start my career. Yeah. Which I just wanted to skip school. So Right. You're like, oh, it worked out. So it, kids don't try this at home. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like that little thing set you up for success. What other ways has your dad set you up for success? Oh yeah. In this? So I don't know that in the moment I felt like oh, no. it was setting yeah. me up for success. It probably right. felt more annoying than anything. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, I mean, I think it was small things along the way, you know, when I was writing, he wouldn't, he was always really hard on my writing because that's oh. fundamental to what we do. Right. Today is really solid writing. And so even, you know, junior high, he would edit my papers. I would have to edit my papers for AP style, which is only a journalism thing. But, you know, when I'm in eighth grade and my dad... No. Yes, yeah. So, but what's crazy about it was it just became part of how I wrote. Uh -huh. 
And then it made it so much easier when I went into, you know, high school and college classes that relied on that. Right. I'd done that my whole life. Right. So it wasn't a big deal. Right. In so junior high, would you ask your dad to help you with editing or would, is that just, stay? I don't know. That's a great question. I have I don't no know. idea. I think a lot, it would probably work. It probably went a little bit both ways. I think that if you were like in a jam, you might say, Hey, you know, can you, I, help, can you yeah, help me maybe. figure this out? Or I would look at something like over your shoulders and go, I Oh, think wow. I think that's oh, probably wow. more how <laughs> yeah. it was. Let's see. Yeah. That's how I'm remembering it. And now that I'm a parent, that's probably how I work. And so I'm guessing that's maybe yeah. more what your it was. Your wonderful sons. Yeah. Have me to thank. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that kind of stuff. I mean, it's inviting me to PRSA. It's, you know, when we, when I was into the major, talking about what we were learning and um, asking me questions and really being interested in the things that I was learning and not making it about what he's done, but you know, what I was doing. picking up and That's doing. so cool. Yeah. yeah. And then when I graduated from college, I was really intent on going and making my own way. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like if it were me in your shoes, I probably would have been frustrated that like, I didn't want to go work for the family business right out of college, uh-huh. but he was never, but he never pressured me. He never made it a big deal. He was always encouraging me in whatever I felt was right for me. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, which was really helpful. So, you know, it's really unique to have a parent who understands your career because honestly, not many people do get like your day to day at work, right? Like they don't understand yeah. what your between eight and six looks like. For sure. But yeah. he does. And so yeah. that's been so helpful yeah. along the way. Did you, when Amanda set out and wanted to do her own and not be a part of the your business was that frustrating do you remember or was the it best, like that the, the best way to answer that is you know in in the marketing communications discipline kind of one of the mantras that you you work with is um, a good communicator lets somebody else have your way okay and a good so communi- cater, a good, say that again a good communicator lets somebody else have your way so it's not me dictating this is what you need to do what you're doing is you're setting your client your employer or whoever up to do what you think is right but you don't mandate it you just you lay the groundwork so, so then they, they come go, it's their I idea think I should do th- yes exactly I and get it. and yeah. and honestly and we've never i mean the best fun about having this conversation today is the fact that you know some of these are, are little small pieces that we've never talked about For but sure. to me that was exactly what i wanted i had first of all i didn't have the financial wherewithal when we were just getting started to be able probably to to pay her a reasonable wage for right. her value. And the other thing is every example I've ever seen when somebody walks in, you know, they cross the stage at, at graduation and the next day or next week they show up at mom and dad's office. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't end well most of the time. Huh. And, but yeah. if you go out and you make your own way, um, you learn from other people. You know, uh-huh. I've had an opportunity to uh, impact some of her initial direction in her first couple years, you know, between high school and college. But, you know, learning from other people, seeing that there are different ways of doing things was really valuable. And so, you know, without getting too far down the road here, you know, we we never talked about when yeah. or, if or if necessarily. Yeah. Huh. Um, uh-huh. And all of a sudden, one day, you know, and I, I remember it clearly. Um, so what happened? You know, got the phone call saying um, it's time to have the conversation. You know, when you talk about having the conversation in a family, that, that can mean a lot of things. <laughs> But for us, yeah. we knew what you it meant. Knew. You know, it's like we knew what it but meant. But we had never talked about it before. So not that at was all. interesting that that no. was just an understood. We, we did not talk about it at all. Yeah. And sh- I said, well, how's this going to work? And she said, well, I'm, I've got uh, a girls' weekend out of, you know, in New Mexico, and I'm going to be flying back through Dallas. I've got the day off on Monday. Oh, I forgot you didn't live here. No, mm-hmm. no, no. She was in, she lived in Waco. Yeah. So uh, at any rate, so she, um, she, I said, well, I don't know that I have a lot of answers, but you know, let's just talk about it. And so it was, it was probably um, one of the most memorable aspects when you start a business. um, Those of us who are believers um, have this sense that, look, there's a, there's a reason why this is happening now. All these things happen for cause. And so, um, you know, for for us, it was, I think, just when it's the right time to have the conversation, 
it will happen. Mm -hmm. And then there's only three right answers. Yes, no, or not right now. And, you know, the more we explored, the more we realized that, you know, as long as we all had reasonable expectations of what needed to happen and how it was going to work and that there were no guarantees for either of us, um, you know, it became the yes. It didn't become a not right now. It could have been very easy to make it a not right now. Right. But in um, fact, now knowing like it probably should have been a not right now in on paper, right? But yes, like, on paper, it on was paper, absolutely, it, didn't make it sense. was absolutely right. not the time to do it. Right. Huh. But, um, but I had, I had confidence in how this was playing out yeah. and I wasn't going to interfere with it. Yeah. You know, and, and meaning there was, there is something inside of you that knew. Oh this yeah, is what absolutely. That this, this is, is the right thing time. to do. And, and isn't that just the one of the amazing things and the thing that I love about mm-hmm. following Jesus mm-hmm. is we have the Holy Spirit and he's working all things out. Yep. Yeah. And so Blake, you're listening to Holy Spirit, Amanda, you are and it's like yeah. you don't always he's guiding and directing and then all of a sudden it's like oh now we're, we're And he was really happy time. because for once both of us were doing what yeah, he we, wanted yeah. us to do. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like wow. Yeah. But it's yeah. really cool um in Taking that risk, I guess, and knowing that we were being led by the Holy Spirit to do this, um, God was so faithful Hmm. to us. I mean, literally two weeks after I started, and I mean, I came in with, here's the salary that I need to match what I'm doing and like all of those things. I just had my first baby. So like all of a sudden there's a grandchild involved, right? At least to be like considerate of it. I mean, there was just a lot to think about. And two weeks into this role, one of a former boss of mine called me and said, I want you to work with me. Um, and we brought in a fortune 50 client with enough money to pay for me. No. And then way. some. And then some. No. Way. Oh, yeah. In two weeks. And and when that happened, I think we both looked at each other like, okay, it's gonna be okay. Yeah. We'll work it out. We'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah. And, and that's awesome. And what was interesting was um, then, as we do now, we we use some some science to figure out what what are the personalities that fit best in our organization oh, to match our culture and all yes, that. And, yeah. And you know the particular program that we use um, suggested that Amanda would not be particularly well. Um, aimed toward mm-hmm. developing business. Hmm. And in this world, particularly, you know, when you start in, in our business, when you start moving up the ladder and you have more revenue, or I'm sorry, more income for yourself, it means you have more responsibility for actually making that money happen. Right. Okay. Because yeah. our jobs are typically to not only provide for the firm and the senior leadership, but also the the younger, newer professionals mm-hmm. who don't know all the answers, and yeah. they have to depend on yeah. We have to us. sell business, so, so we yeah. have to sell business. Important. And so, and and you know, our our consultant said, you know, this probably isn't going to work. But what we discovered was one, you know, even the science can be a little fallible, uh-huh. particularly when it runs counter to what God wants you to do. Yeah. And the other thing is is. Um, yes, Amanda is never, nor am I ever, though I'm probably better at it now than I used to be, just picking up the phone and cold calling people. I mean, that used to scare the living daylights oh. out of me. But Amanda will not do that, even today. But she is awesome at building on relationships, just like that first piece of business where yeah. it was somebody that knew her, trusted her, she knew him, trusted him, yeah. and it was an easy deal to do. And so... You know, what it told us was don't try and pigeonhole everybody and use any one set of inputs of whether somebody's a good hire or not. Look at the total person, look at all the opportunities, and then make some decisions. And it served us well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But uh, Okay, so what has been really fun about working together? So... I think just the time. I mean, the time that we get together mm-hmm. is so cool. And um, to collaborate and to grow together, I mean, I think, you know, it's now been seven years. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Seven yeah, years. Seven years. 2013. Um, and, you know, we have grown a lot. I mean, I think as professionals, as people, yeah. as our relationship has grown, it's been neat to have that time. And I'm yeah. so thankful for the experiences that we have um, together in yeah. that office. It's fun. I think that, I think one of the greatest values has been, um, 
our field is very dynamic. You know, when you're in marketing and communications and, you know, that sort of space, mm-hmm. um, it moves quickly. The technology moves quickly. Yeah. The best practices go quickly. Um, not only what you do outside, but what you do inside. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. um, had no potential for creating a 21st century culture. Huh. Um, because again, I'm of an age group where, you know, if you model off of your parents, you know, it was back, you know, in the sixties and seventies yeah. where, you know, you, you got a job, you came in, you did, did what you were told. You didn't complain. It's, it's the whole baby boomer versus millennial yeah. versus yeah. Gen X, Y, Z, et cetera. You know? And so I, I realistically, just scientifically, there was no real likelihood, even if I did all the right things because of the cues that you get on my age and, yeah. and my yeah. my whiteness and my maleness and all that yeah. I, in a profession that is very heavily dominated by females, huh. um, I would not be able to do things. And so the, the, the greatest thing that I see and the most exciting thing is to see that an organization that perhaps I built the core, I mean, the business models that we use in 2020 are the same business models that we used in 2005 in terms of just nuts and bolts. How do you run the business? But what makes us successful at three box is the idea that Amanda brings in this whole like fourth dimension of what's a culture look like? How do we respond to what's happening with black lives matter? How do we deal with this? How do we position ourselves as that? We don't necessarily always agree, but I, for a host of reasons, choose not to push you, on those issues. You let Amanda's voice be heard. Well, go, I mean, okay. uh, full disclosure, she owns the business. Well, but not She's at my first, boss. right? No, not, not at first. first. Yeah. No, that yeah. started, she was she was in the company for four years. Yeah, yeah. we skipped a lot. Yeah, we, we <laughs> yeah. fast yeah. forward lot, because yeah. this is this is about the bigger story and not yeah. the little nuts and bolts. Yeah. But uh, after, after four years in, uh, Amanda bought 51% of the company. Yeah. It meant that we had to restructure our stock and all because there were other people involved at the time. Yeah. Um, and then the next year, you know, we had kind of a nice little gentle plan. And of course, one of the things, if you know Amanda, is she never does things gently. She never does anything, you know, demurely. <laughs> she just, she just, you know, they have to put bolts and bricks under the gas pedal for her, oh, you know? Steam, and so the second, you know, after we did, you know, a year of her owning 51% and me ultimately owning the other 49, she's like, nope, I'm buying the whole thing. Oh, <laughs> The next gulp, you know, it's the snake eating the Uh prey, you know, it's like gone. But, you know, and that and that's created some interesting experiences, too. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, neither of us are perfect. Um, uh, I've surprised her once or twice, embarrassingly so, because I allowed myself to come off of the rails a little bit and start thinking about me rather than the whole the whole. And it was it was it was difficult. But it was a it was an exercise that made us stronger. It got us in a better place. Nobody Meaning, was harmed in the making of the film. Amanda, did you have to call your dad out or what? Yeah. I don't remember if you called me out or if I, I think it was a combination of, you know, I'm I'm kind of like confessing my my deals and she's like, Oh, dude, I'm, I'm coming for you, you know? Yeah, yeah. But but what it was was I just I was wrestling with, you know, when you think about starting a firm and you figure that I've known what I was gonna do roughly for a living since I was like fourteen. Yeah. And I've not veered off that track. Yeah. Um to all of a sudden see that you're coming up to literally the end of the of the road and an opportunity jumped out, non-competitive in a different space, something that I have a passion for yeah. also. And in the end, I got the interview because, again, it's relationships and some really, really strong people got me into an interview setting that I probably had no business being in in the first yeah. place. But but I had to deal with kind of my own professional mortality. And when you oh. face that, it's difficult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was a hard time. Mm-hmm. But after that, you know, that was that was early in her ownership. And, you know, I just realized how wrong it was on so many fronts. I mean, you could argue that do I... Should I be able to do different things with my life? Sure. But what I've done is I've redirected that into other areas. Yeah. Um, case in point, I, I chair the board of a nonprofit educational oh, uh, organization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a volunteer at a couple different uh, government-based, you know, 
activities, organizations, yeah, yeah, and so new avenues for that. But yeah. I think, it, and so that's how that's how I fixed the problem. Was I realized that you know I didn't have to fix it by going and working somewhere else. I could fix it by just redesigning. What do yeah. I do? Yeah. So I would say in the past seven years, we've probably had three or four heavy disagreements. I mean, no. strong disagreements and. When I think about the dynamic and the, I mean, what we're doing is so counter to the relationship itself, right? So yeah, a, there's a there's an order to things, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. your dad is typically, you know, the leader of yes. you as a child, right? Yes. And so when you flip that, when we and we very intentionally flip that, and I give a lot of credit to Blake on how we did that. That I was not given anything. I mean, I had to buy the business yes. with my my money right like yeah and that was at first I didn't understand it and I I am so grateful for that because it it put a very clear if we were going to flip this thing 180 on who was in charge and who made the decisions and where the direction was going to uh-huh. go on a company he created yeah. we had to have that exchange yeah and so that has helped us tremendously, but it's, it's hard, right? I mean, like at the end of the day, we're never going to erase the fact that he's my dad and that I'm his daughter. And there is this natural thing that we kind of butt up against, right. Um, by me being his leader. Right. And so, you know, I would say because of that dynamic, there are friction points, but to only have a handful of them is pretty good. good. That's so interesting that what that does for just, you know, I think typically people go here, you just have the business handed over. Yeah. And, but then what happens is there's still the power play for sure. Of like, well, you didn't really earn, earn it, it or you didn't, or I you know, built this and I he had every this. right to, I mean, gosh, yeah. I think about, you know, that's not a line that's ever been used. What? I built this. I know better. Oh no, no, I no. Mean, that's never made no, that. I know. I'm yeah. just reinforcing right. that, that we've never. And you know, when you just look out in the heat of the moment, it's really easy to say stuff that you it regret. Is. That's a family yes. challenge to oh, everybody. Yeah. Sure. But I think if, you know, I think about all the other people who have had the opportunity to visit with you on a podcast. We all share something that I think I only just learned in the last couple of years, and that's really um, a, an idea of collaborative intentionalism. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are collaboratively intentional about what you want the outcome to be, whether it's how yeah. your family operates, how your business operates, um, how something in the community operates, how your church operates, yeah. um, if you are collaborative and intentional and uh-huh. you kind of set the boundaries, the fence posts, as I like yeah. to call it, um, as long as you're staying true to those dimensions mm-hmm. or you're saying, hey, the dimensions are, I'm struggling with the dimensions. Can we talk about And then this? there's collaboration. And right? then like, again, okay. you're going back to collaboration. Right. And that yeah. has probably been, if somebody said, what are the two things or the two words or the two concepts that have helped make you successful? That's probably what it is. And literally, I was, you know, knocking on the doors, you know, I'm not quite retirement age yet, uh-huh. but I mean, I'm seeing that coming and it took me that long in my entire professional career to understand even though I could have told a, count, uh, a client to do that yeah. very readily, telling myself to do that and getting buy-in from others was relative, has been a relatively new idea. Interesting. So, Well, I remember, um, so I'm trying, I guess it was a three years ago or something. And I was trying to get you Blake to go to kids camp and he you was, had, you had college. Blake was like, well, I'm going to have to talk with my boss about that. one. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I think she'll be okay. Like what, what, oh, you're, yeah, you being know. your daughter. But what, here's, here's the thing yeah. that, that displays an attitude mm-hmm. that you, it, you know, have gone into this of she's my boss. Like, and, and I'm going to call her that. She's my yeah, boss. And right. so I do have to get approval from my boss to get that done. And yeah. I just remember yeah. laughing, being like, well, I think I could text Amanda right now. <laughs> get you that know? deal done. Yeah, and, that's never and by the way, the boss did approve. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, did Absolutely. Exactly. I thought it was awesome. But, yeah. but it's just, it's that's so, the whole, that's so interesting. And that yeah. contributes, I bet, a lot to. Yeah. Okay. Any any other challenges besides that that I would that y'all would touch on? Hmm. Challenges of working yeah. together. I I would say that's the hardest thing. Um, I think you know 
other challenges are actually pretty small. You know, we can talk about work-life balance yeah. and how we do all of that. And you know, we had to figure that out pretty early on. And mm-hmm. um, we had to figure out, actually, before I ever even worked for him, I had to figure out in a professional uh, setting what oh. to call him. Yeah. Right? Because, oh. yeah, like I couldn't call him dad. Right. In a meeting. You well, we, a meeting. well we, got, right. we got forced into it because there happened to be of of the bazillion ways you could put things together in this world, it turned out that a client of mine, of the company's, um, was a place that Amanda had um, a job. And she didn't work in an area that I worked in initially, but because some things kind of, you know, when you're in a corporation, you know, all of a sudden you go, wow, this person is good here, but they could be great over uh-huh. here. Well, when good turned to great, it put her in the department that I had a working relationship with. So oh. the first thing, the first eye opener was the fact that general counsel had to basically pass a ruling on would that be an acceptable professional relationship oh. for her to be yeah, my boss. Remember, little did little did they know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you probably didn't need to know. But, right, right, right. but the point was little did they know that that really was the starting. If you ask for the point of genesis, that was Uh the point of genesis of the relationship. But that's what led to, you know, we're on a conference call. She's sitting with a bunch of executives and and, uh, staff at at her end, and she knows she can't call me dad. Yeah, And, you know, and yet I'm sitting there So I started calling him Blake. Yeah. And now I call him Blake. All the time. Way more than I call him dad. And actually, I mean, it's either Blake or it's Big Pops, which is what my kids call him. Yeah. So- it's funny. I mean, even it just kind of makes its way into conversations outside of work. And I have to kind of switch that a little uh-huh. bit because I'll be talking to my husband and I'll call him Blake. And my <laughs> husband will be like, you what? mean your dad, <laughs> like your dad. I'm like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, my dad. But but some of that, you know, one of the things, one of the things it kind of, it kind of gets into another area maybe, but one of the things that, um, that, um, we created early on is we can come in and say, Hey, I'm wearing my dad hat or my daughter hat. Right. And so that's the signal. And there, there'll be times where there's something that's just really significant that can't wait till after work is. And and even though we work hard to come up with work-life balance, it's somewhat hard to even say what is after work. Right. Because, you know, we're on call and we're doing stuff all the time. I know. And so for us, that's the, that's the signal that this is not about, it may involve work in some way, right, right. but it's not about work. It's about, you know, we've got this situation that I'm trying to figure out. Can you give me advice? Or, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm so worried about So you're in the office. This. And, yeah, you're in the office, but you're needing to, happens and you're you're needing like, to pull hey, like the, yeah. the, the special That's dome good, around yes. you. And so, yeah, we've worked really hard because I think the way I've explained it, because people ask us all the time, what's it like to have your daughter as a boss? What's it like to <laughs> have your dad as an employee? And, and even beforehand, yeah. what's it like working for your dad? Yeah. And, and to, you know, I really think at the end of the day, the way I answer conflict management is, and, and she's heard me say this a number of times, um, you can get employees anywhere. Mm. But I only have two children and one wife. Yeah. And one right. and 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 a son-in-law and a daughter-in-law. And yeah. that's it. That is family. And yeah. I am never gonna put Easter Sunday, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Thanksgiving, or anything on the block as a negotiating point. Mm-hmm. You know, family yeah. trumps everything. Mm, yeah. Family is the priority over anything. And if it if it's not, then you you bury the brake pedal and you say, what's going on here? You know, yeah. what's, what's really right. another famous line, you know, what's really, what's going, really on? going on here? Yeah. yeah. You know, that's another code word for saying, Hey, one of us is getting, and it's probably me more often than her, but one of <laughs> us is getting out on the edge a little bit and we got to kind of reel it back and yeah. figure out what is it that we yeah. are really trying to accomplish. Here. Yeah. And, and huh. those tools all become really, really important. If you talk to a master mechanic, you know, she or he has, you know, certain tools that they just use every day and it's it's mm-hmm. core to what they do. And these are all tools that enable yep. us to be successful. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Um, I want to talk about the balance of home and work mm-hmm. and what boundaries y'all have put up to navigate that. Yeah. Wow. Um, let's see. So... When we were in a physical office, which right now we're working from home. Mm-hmm. Uh, we As Amanda still, puts it, yeah. the largest, most expensive storage unit in Dallas <laughs> yes. County. Yes, oh, <laughs> a very large storage, storage unit, unit that is my office, our office. <clears throat> um, yeah, so 
that made it easier that we had a physical space that when we were in the office, that was work time. Yes. And then we, we were at home or at a family dinner or something. We just don't talk about work. Mm-mm. Sometimes we, you know, go, we'll go off and side huddle sometimes and talk yeah. about work stuff or short, short bursty things try. that are important, but we, yeah, we're we really try. working to not do that. Um, yeah. Mostly it's probably less about us as it is about my mom and my husband, right? Like they don't, they care about the business, but they don't care about it like we do, right? right? Yeah. Like they could yeah. go tomorrow and they, they'd be fine. Yeah. Um, where it, it means so much to the two of us. So I think for their sake, we try to keep it separate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's, I mean, just things like he said, you know, calling him Blake at the office and dad, you know, outside of it. And right. Just trying to kind of separate as much as we can those worlds. Um, because at the end of the day, I mean, it, he's right. Like that is far less important than our family. And we, we want to make sure that that's healthy. Yeah. And and we also, I think both were, re- recognize that we're role models to to young boys to our spouses and if we're not if we're not being again intentional about how we what the boundaries are and where we talk about things where we don't you know it doesn't set the example that may be more important than we can even begin to realize yeah with others in our family yeah right yeah um blake what are you what what about Amanda? Are you like, I'm just really proud of the way that she's leading three box. I think, I think the greatest thing is, is, you know, in families, you always have this, you know, what, what children have, what relationship with their parents. Our son tends to be much closer to Kathy. Hmm. Amanda is much closer to me. Some of that is also because we're wired with some of the same fears, apprehensions, excitements, um, expectations and drive. Uh-huh. And so, you know, we're, we're really equally yoked. You know, that's not a term you usually use in a father-daughter environment, but we are very equally yoked in how we go about life. Yeah. You and get each other. We yeah. get yeah. each yeah. other. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's, that's sometimes frustrating to others in the group because we speak in code, you know, we all the time, <laughs> and you know, because we, sure we, that we so spend that much time yeah. together, yeah. you know, but yeah. I think that, I think that that to me is to see someone who, uh, just like me, just like probably all of us has had to overcome some barriers, some, some yeah. things that were getting in the way. Yeah. Um, and to see her be able to do that and become, you know, every parent, when you're, when you're in that birthing room, every parent is just overwhelmed by their expectations and their hopes and their dreams and yeah. everything about their, about their child or children at, yeah. at some point. And when you get to see, um, your children both, because I'm, I'm proud of both. Our, both our children have overcome crazy mm-hmm. stuff mm. and become, really awesome individuals, um, great leaders, um, great contributors to the value of the world we live in. Yeah. And I mean, those are big words, I, I know. Yeah. But but that's what I see. I see someone who is able to, uh, I mean, you know, you don't, it's that whole thing. You don't need a cape to be a hero. You just need an AP style book, you know? There you go. <laughs> and you are off to the races. Putting that on a on the that, canvas. That's yeah, going on the canvas. Office. But but it. you just look at, you know, our, our business is complex. Um, uh-huh. It has many, many moving parts. It's run as much by emotion as it is by dollars and cents. And the fact that, you know, we've got a whole team of people that want to come to work every day and want to hang out with us and do stuff and make a difference, whether it's in a business or in things that are important to our society. Yeah. You know, to see her do that. I don't know that I, I ever... Yeah, you know, when I started the business, people say, well, did you envision selling it to your daughter? Yeah. I said, I didn't have a clue what was going to happen at the end. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so in some ways that was terrible because I didn't, you know, I wasn't working toward a particular end. But in other ways, it, it left the table open huh. to yeah. do what was intended for the two of us to do. Yeah. If I had come up with this big hard plan about how we were going to, I was going to run the business until this point, and then I was going to put it up for sale and do this, this, and this. It might not have turned out yeah. the way it did, and I don't think that's what God wanted. I think God yeah. wanted what we have at this very moment. That's you know? so cool. Yeah. Okay, what about 
when you taking over your dad's role, mm-hmm. how has it increased your respect for him? Oh man, you know. Well, first, I think about the risk that he took to step out and start this thing from scratch, which I don't really, I don't think I would be brave enough to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, to walk away from, you know, a a steady paycheck and and a predictable rate and structure Mm -hmm. to start your own thing. I mean, I have incredible respect for him and and what he did. Um, And then on top of that, you know, it's a, he told me early on it's lonely at the top Mm, and he is not kidding it is hard um I mean it's something that even you know my husband who is incredible and and so supportive and understands business and we have a lot of great conversations he has no idea what it's like to be in that kind of CEO role Mm -hmm. but my dad does and Mm -hmm. so there are times where you know I in that moment of, you know, either I'm afraid or uncertain or just downright um, scared yeah. of what's yeah. what's coming or what I'm in the middle of, you know, I know that he will always have my back. He's 100% for me. We're on the same team. And he's been there before, Yeah, which is so cool that there's not anything that I've encountered. I mean, well, there are things that we've encountered together that we didn't anticipate or yeah. that we w- didn't exactly know how to do. We never had a pandemic. Right. We never closed an office <laughs> you know. down and, and worked remotely. Yeah. Sure. But on Maybe the other like hand, that. yeah, on the other hand though, I went through I didn't realize until just the last couple of weeks that when we talk about the Great Depression or Great Recession, we're talking about 2008, 2009, right. 2010. And you did that. And, you did and that. I lived right. through that and it yeah. was it was really really hard. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking about this as a, as a team just the other day and where we are now because of what Amanda has done, what I did to pave the way for Amanda to be, mm-hmm. you know, in a position to do to bring her leadership to bear. Um, we're far better resourced than we were. I mean, you yeah. know, you could argue that I, that I was eight or nine years into the business back then. But we were we were pre adolescent at that point, uh-huh. and it the fact that we survived it again is another testimony to a higher, a much higher authority yeah. that said no. There's a reason yeah. this is all going to play out. Yeah. And so when we look at each other and we're looking at numbers, you know, we we review financials all the time. We talk about what our business pipeline looks like, what our current clients are feeling, how they're doing. You know, we kind of look at each other and go, "Wow, you know, this could be really scary." But mm. we've been there before. And yeah. we, we have yeah, an idea so of what to do. To me. Yeah, to know that it's if not, I weren't there, it's not that you wouldn't figure it out. You of course would figure it out. Sure. But you would have ulcers and other stuff that yeah. hopefully you're yeah. not having, you know. <laughs> it's refreshing to have a partner to go through the hard with, right? Yeah. Like yeah. to go, okay, this is a lot. This yep. is you know, and then you have your dad to go. Let's you know you've been there. You've You're done fine. This. Yeah. yeah, it's always how he he and I work that way. You know, some people need um, someone to kick him in the pants a little bit and say like get over it like you're okay and yeah. he's he's a good balance but he knows yeah. that to motivate me the answer is you're gonna be fine yeah we've done this before we're you know I'm here yeah if you need me yeah I trust your leadership you can do it right so that helps a ton yeah, yeah. so great okay any other last things to share wow you always answer the yeah. last question. I mean, I that's the rule. You know, Come yeah, on, Blake. Somebody's kind of else. Somebody's no, that's gonna... where I think, I think, again, you know, this comes easy for us perhaps because, you know, we're at the center of the communication discipline. So, you know, we're expected to be communicators. But I think <laughs> it's a crazy concept. But I think what's, what's really important here, again, um, it doesn't matter, you know, whether you're running a marketing communications firm, you're running an engineering firm, you're, you're, uh, a dentist or whatever. It doesn't matter what you do. When you communicate authentically, um, honestly, sincerely, Mm -hmm. from the heart, driven by the spirit, you know, you, you're hard pressed to go wrong. You may not like the answers that you see initially. I mean, there are times where we've looked at something and gone, wow, what do we do about this? Or what do we do with this or whatever? But if you're being authentic, if you have, if you have un, swerving values and beliefs mm-hmm. um you i mean i go to bed at night some nights going oh my goodness you know this is just like ugh, just can i go to sleep like now yeah you know? but you get up the next morning and you come up with an idea or something or you just realize that you were tired and it was 
it was just time to put your head down and get some rest. Yep. You know, you, you work through it and you communicate through it. And that's, that's what I think separates. I don't know that God necessarily gave me some amazing superhero capabilities or that he gave Amanda some amazing superhero abilities, but he gives us the ability to listen and Mm -hmm. to obey and to be uh, attentive and intentional and and to talk your way through authentically all the time. And when you run that, that model, it works. And it's worked for us. And, you know, now I'm having to think about you know, what's it going to look like when all of a sudden I'm that occasional visitor that swings by probably because he wants to use the gym downstairs <laughs> and he happened to be in the building, you know? Sure. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I haven't given up yet is my parking place. Oh, She's true. been kind I'm enough to... Taken the parking you still have the nice yeah. parking. I have, yeah. a, I have, a, I have a executive row parking. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure... Well, see, we, when, we did our, when we did our deal, we spelled everything out because that's how we do things. And the parking place... Was not in no, there. It wasn't <laughs> in there. I didn't detail that. Oh, but man. Yeah, we always joke that I have an employment contract on my dad, which is true. I do. Yeah, I have an Everything was spelled out. Uh-huh. Everything. But, you know. Okay, it, it's just got me thinking about this. I, I wonder if in a lot of family business, it's like, mm-hmm. well, we just don't talk about that. It's just the way it is. Absolutely. We don't talk about it. It goes yeah. back to my closing statement. Yeah. If you talk about everything and you put it all together, because here's here's the deal. We have seen, probably all three of us and many of, of the listeners to this podcast have seen where a family business falls apart. Yeah, right. it's and hard. It's, it's hard, hard because it is hard because, you know, when you don't know any of the employees other than from, you know, 830 to 5, it's not that big of a part of your entire life experience. But it when is, it's yeah. family, it's it's close and it's and it's serious. Yeah. And so, you and know, little things can turn into big things. That's right. right. Yeah, and yeah. so it's like, yeah. you know, we know exactly what our relationship has looked like ever since she bought you know, the first piece of the business, Yeah. what my pay looked like, what my, basically my responsibilities are. As we get closer to the, to the point where I'll exit as a full time, you know, we're having to kind of define some of that because it doesn't make any sense to make up lots of rules and, and stuff too far in advance yeah. because you don't know what the circumstances are. You know, right. if the, the values take you through those details, yeah. right. but you know, we're, we're working that out. But I mean, jokingly, it's like, you know, I've, I've counseled clients that made the mistake of unknowingly selling the majority of their company to <laughs> a group of people that were in cahoots oh, dear. and they got fired. I mean, CEO and there, and there's nothing oh, you can do about yeah. it. So it's just kind of like a, if your family is important, and your relationship to the business and to each other is important. You take the time to, to spell it out. Yeah, yeah. do it right. So and good. do it right. You yeah, know? that's good. I think the last thing that I'd probably say is that I think what's so cool about this is the chance to work together. And as someone who wants to win all the time, yes. just me. Yes. Oh, I thought you were talking about me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> also you. And me. Uh, yes. <laughs> Exactly. So, you know, for me, I worry a lot about what is good about this business, what is good about what we do and what does success look like. And I think what has been really cool is, you know, this opportunity, if, if the quote best thing that comes out of this or the only thing that comes out of this is that we got some great years to work together, you know, and if, if it were to all end tomorrow, which, you know, I, I guess I can make this statement because I don't know if I really deep down feel this. But, you know, I mean, truly, the, the value of this, if it all went away, we had an amazing experience. Aww. And I'm so grateful yeah. for the time. Yeah. Um, that the win was doing it together. For sure. Yeah. You know, the jobs come and go. And that, that was how we started it, was that businesses come and go, jobs come yeah. and go. The time is what's so cool. Yeah. And so it does take some pressure off, too, when I think about what does success look like. We've already won. Like, we've already yeah. done it. Well, Amanda, with that mic drop, I loved In fact, I've been thinking about that statement ever since our conversation. Just, you know what? The win was doing it together. The win was doing it together. And I think the key word in that is together. That the win isn't just having a business together. The win was actually running the business together 
And Blake mentioned it earlier about this idea of collaborative intentionality, that that really setting out to be collaborative with one another is super important. It means both people are valued. Both people are heard. Both people are lifted up. When you collaborate, it means, hey, sometimes your idea isn't the best one. The other person's idea is better or vice versa. And I see Blake demonstrating what it looks like to be a parent that says, you know what? You bring value. I want to listen to your ideas. I want to follow you. It doesn't always mean that it's an idea he's comfortable with or it's a, it's a way he would have led, but he's saying, I trust you, Amanda, and I will follow you. And I don't know that there's a much better gift you can give your kids. I think about when I was in college, I got to work with my mom. When Amanda said, you know, the, the win was doing it together, that like I teared up because I felt that same thing, that the win for me was I got to do children's ministry together with my mom. That was the win for me. I mean, there were other wins, of course, but like that was a win. And it wasn't just that I got to follow my mom in children's ministry because I did get to follow her much like Amanda got to follow Blake. But the fact that my mom said, hey, Ivy, I want you to lead this part. I want to listen to your ideas. Your creativity is something that I want to follow. And that instilled confidence in me that I had a mother that said, you know what? You have good ideas. You are someone that I want to follow. To have a mother that did that for me, I don't think I realized it in the time at the time, but looking back, I see my mom instilled confidence in me by collaborating with me, by listening to me, by letting me lead. And it's got me thinking, what does it look like now? You know, are there are there times with little kids now? where I can collaborate with my boys, where I can listen to their ideas and do what they're suggesting. Are there times when that can happen? And what does that communicate to my children? You are smart. You have good ideas. I mean, there is a sense of empowerment when we listen to our kids. And are there opportunities for us as parents to do that today? I hope you found something that you can relate to from today's conversation. And thanks for joining us. If you have any questions or just want more tips for parents, let me know at ilassiter at fbrichardson.org. I'd love to talk with you. See you next time on the Four Parents Podcast.